This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, we got so much stuff to talk about. We got baseball, we got football, we got basketball, and we got much movie mayhem. Let's go! Chilling with you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98.7 FM at Gordon Damer. Along with, dare I say, Big Daddy Ty and Jake the Snake. We're here until midnight. Then there's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hey, Gordon. Larry, how you feeling, my friend? Gordon, I was a little down last night, Gordon. Yeah. You you held it together during the show very well. I did, and I collapsed afterwards. Yeah, that sometimes happens. That's, that's okay. That's a prof- That's what a that's what a professional does, Larry. You're a professional. You because hold it Gordon, together. Because Gordon, the fans don't care what I'm going through. The listeners. Well, don't no, care. I think they, they care to care. a certain. They, they don't no, care. I think they, they care, care to a certain nah, extent. They don't care. Here's what they want. They want to be entertained, Gordon. Exactly. That's what they want. So my job is to entertain them, and after the mic. I was crying, Gordon. It was a 16-point lead. Yeah, it was, it was right there for you. 16-point lead. Oh, Gordon. But even though – Gordon, how long have you known Michael K? How long have I known Michael K? Uh, yeah, probably almost 20 years. Okay. I've known him a little bit longer. Okay. I have. He really has taken the criticism of Mike Krzyzewski personally. Really? He's upset. Why? I mean the 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 t-shirts and I will admit as a Carolina fan the t-shirts of Shashevsky <laughs> standing next to an open grave is a bit much. <laughs> I have okay. not I have not seen those. Where are they selling those? That's terrible. I have to go find those right away. <laughs> <laughs> so I I will admit to you as a Carolina fan that's a bit much. Right. But Michael is taking this pr- Mike Krzyzewski hasn't taken to this personally as Michael had. So, you know, he's a caring person, and I understand. And I, and I know he was, you know, he, he's not invested like I am, right? Mm-hmm. He's not invested like a Carolina fan. He's rooting for the story. And the story would have been, oh, Krzyzewski rides off into the sunset. He bounces back after the loss at Cameron Indoor Arena with a big win over North Carolina. And he leaves with the championship, and there he goes. That's That's how it would be in Hollywood. It didn't come out that way. And he is still talking about how he's upset at the way people have been talking about Mike Krzyzewski. And you heard what I said last night, Gordon. Great coach, Mike Krzyzewski, Hall of Famer, great guy, did wonders with the Duke program. But listen, I'm a Carolina guy. So for me, you know, last night would have been perfect. You fall short, you got to come back and try to win it next year. So I was a little, I was a little bummed. Yeah, I can hear that. Is it a is it a Michael K. Coach K. Mike K. Michael K. Connection thing? Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's a strange connection. I know, but I think I think so. And and I think he's fresh off the book by Ian O'Connor, so he's kind of you know into the Mike into the friends by association. Yeah, you know, so he's into that. So he you know Michael always roots for the story, and so he was rooting for that story, which I understand. It, It would it would have been a listen. If North Carolina wasn't in it, it would have been a great story. I'm not saying I was rooting for him, but it would have been a great story. I mean, you know, that's what you want. Well, I think it's still a kind of a great story that here is this legendary coach who's won all these titles and gone to all these Final Fours, and yes. at the end of his career, 
he not only gets it now, it's a more macabre story. I will yeah, grant you that. And yeah. and for some of us that, you know, that has an appeal. Mm-hmm. But to see that the scene at the, the retirement night at Cameron Indoor where Mike Krzyzewski is snapping at the audience, kids are crying in the stands. Yeah. And then to follow that up with three weeks later, here's your chance at redemption. Mm-hmm. And you come up short a game that was the first one was a blowout. Right. The second one was there to be had. You're yes. supposed to be the great coach with the better talent, and he was not able to get the job done. So I still think it's a great story, uh, one that we've never seen before. It's just a shame that North Carolina wasn't able to seal the deal last night because then you have the most magical run through oh, the NCAA tournament fabulous. that you've ever seen. Oh, oh. oh it would have been great. It would have been great, but it wasn't. So, uh, listen, it was, still, it was still a successful season. It's better than what people thought. For, for Carolina, especially the way they started. So now, as 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 we always say, Gordon, now we start from scratch with everybody else next season and <laughs> see, see how far they can go. Yeah, it's, that's the, the problem with it, right? In any sport, mm-hmm. you start from zero again. You don't start where you have to do all the work just to get back to the same spot, and it might be years before you get back to the same spot. This is true. This is true. So, uh, you know, but it was uh, it was fun while it lasted, Gordon. It was really fun. It was really fun. Now, baseball is here. Opening day, day after tomorrow, possibly, weather permitting. And I think whenever you have, whenever you start baseball in April, every game is weather permitting. And the Mets and Yankees are no different because in Washington and New York, it's supposed to be 100% rain. So it is definitely weather permitting. But we've talked a lot about the Yankees, Gordon, but I want to touch a little bit on the Mets tonight. And once again, as if the baseball gods just joke and laugh. Uh, the Mets have issues. We already know that Jake DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom, four to six weeks before they even re-examine it. So we're talking, as you mentioned the other day, June. <laughs> Best case scenario, I think, hopefully, right? Hopefully. Yeah, I think you would, you, would, you would sign for June right now. Yeah, I would sign. I would sign for June that I know what's wrong. <laughs> right, that's what I'd sign for June. Can you tell me what's wrong by June? Okay, that's what I would like. The second thing we find out, of course, is that Max Scherzer with the hamstring. He says he's ready to go Saturday. Now, Tyron Walker, who's been a guy who was an enigma last season, Gordon, right? Because he had the great first half, and the year before he was really good. He had the great first half last year and the second half, and you had kind of a feeling that that might be the case because he had pitched more in the in the COVID-shortened season, the 60-game season in 2020, and then last year's first half season, you're like, okay, this is a lot for him because he had an injury and he was coming back. And so now you're, you're waiting to see how he was going to be in spring training this year because he had such a bad second half. Well, oh, by the way, he suffered an injury today after giving up uh, six runs in the uh, in, in the first inning. So he suffers an injury. He's got uh, something going on with his knee, right? So now he's out. So he says he's going to be able to take his next start, but the, the experienced Buck Showalter is not giving any information. So the question is, who who is going to pitch on Thursday? Now, Scherzer says he can go Friday. We'll figure out who's going to go Saturday. But on Thursday, is it McGill? Is it Williams? Or is it Peterson? That's Tyler McGill, Trevor Williams, or David Peterson. Who's going to be the starter? Uh, I think Buck's hoping for a rainout. 
<laughs> yeah, just as well they don't have that uh, the uh, dome right to to, yeah. to keep the rain away. Uh, yeah, it's amazing how quickly this has kind of turned here from from all the talk of coaces to can you pitch? Can can I pitch? Who, who's going to yeah. pitch? All of a sudden, it's it's who's on the mound for that first game at least. Yeah, exactly. So you're trying to figure that out, and I think that's. Look, we know baseball is very simple. It's pitching and defense. Yeah, we talk about hitting. We know you have to score runs. That's obvious. But, Gordon, the big, the great teams do it with pitching and defense because that if you score two or three runs, you can find a way to win games if you hold the opponent close, right, and, and don't give them extra bats. And so with all the money that has been spent by Big Daddy Steve Cohen and the talent that's on this team offensively, Okay, this is a Met team, Gordon, as I mentioned last night. This is a win-now team. This is a team that is supposed to be able to definitely, at worst, have a wild card and should be able to challenge for the division. Now, you know how I feel about Atlanta. I told you last year about Atlanta. And I know that Atlanta lost uh, Freddie Freeman. But Atlanta also got Matt Olson, who you wanted very badly for the Yankees. I did, yeah. So they really, from from a, from a leadership thing and, and from a, a, a you know a guy that's paroled and managed the clubhouse, they're going to miss Freddie Freeman. But from from an offensive potential, Gordon, I don't know that they're going <laughs> to. I don't know that they'll miss him that much. I think it's a lateral move for them, really, from what he can do from a power standpoint. His defense is really good from what in the limited times I've watched Matt Olson play. I think his defense is really good. So this puts Met fans in a unique situation, and I kind of want to figure out how we're thinking. At 1-800-919-3776, what, is, what do you think is a successful season for this team? Is it winning a division? Is it, Or is it simply just making the playoffs and having a shot at the World Series? Now, obviously, Gordon, for me, it's real clear. If they don't get to the postseason, this is a failed miserably season. Failed miserably, no matter what happens, whether it's pitching, whether it's uh, guys don't produce, whatever that scenario is, for me, that would be a failed season if they have no postseason expectations, no postseason appearances, that's not good. But I'm really curious to see how other Met fans feel because I, I kind of, we'll see what you think, but Gordon, I kind of consider myself a conservative Met fan. Yes, right. I'm, I would I'm kind agree of with a that. realistic yeah. method. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not sitting here like ready to, I'm not I'm not doing my banners ready to go down the canyon of heroes yet. Okay, I I, I got to wait and see what happens. I, I want to play it out, but I know there's some of my 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 met brethren who are like you know listen we got this we're, we're we've taken over the city this is a met town so on and so forth. I, just just hold on a second. Let's see let's see how that plays out. But I want to hear from you met fans. <laughs> Gordon, I'm telling you, with all the resources that have been put into this team, and I heard Kay today talking about Marte as he will have a tremendous season. With all, and I know that the Brandon Nemo's got some issues too. He he's another guy that has trouble staying in the lineup. He's almost your Aaron Hicks. Yeah, <laughs> he almost is. I know he's one of your favorites. Uh, this is. The Mets have to have to have some postseason play going with all the resources that they have oh, in the offseason. Look, I, I don't even think it's a question. I, I think the goal has to be the division this year. 
Um, you take a look at it last year. They were in first place in the month of August. Now mm-hmm. they imploded from that point on. They lost to Grom for the entire season. And maybe if it turns out to Grom is, is not available this entire year, I might feel differently. But going into the season with the assumption that DeGrom is going to be back at some point, the owner went out and spent, what, $250 million in salaries Mm -hmm. this offseason? Mm -hmm. You were in first place last year. The Braves, look, the Braves are unbelievable, but they've finished in first place the last five years. At some point, you got to be able to pick them off. So if you had a halfway decent team before imploding last year and you went out and spent $250 million, you did that just for a wild card spot? I yeah. think the goal has to be to be competing for the division. Now, look, if you if you end up coming up a little bit short of the division and you get a wild card, okay, fine. But I think the goal going into the season has to be this is the year we should win the National League East. Yeah, it should be. And and listen, that's obviously that's what you're going for. That's what you want to do. For me, I'm just I, I just have so much respect, and I realize this is a different Atlanta team. I do. It's a different different dynamic and everything. I just have a lot of respect for their talent, Gordon. They they are a really good team, and it's I'm going to have to to build my confidence in this Met team. Will be how they do head to head. That will tell me a lot, because there's so many different parts of this you know this little puzzle that you have that you try to you know get your teams going and and when you make adjustments and you make changes like this, it's about it's going to be about the bullpen. It, will Adovino be able to pitch the way he did? Uh, during the regular season, he seems to be much better in the regular season than the postseason. So if he can be that way, I think they've done a decent job in trying to upgrade the bullpen. Uh, the starters obviously is a little concerned, as you mentioned, with Degrom. Not sure what's going on there. Uh, you know, the depth after uh, the two after Degrom and Scherzer. You know, this this puts a lot of question, a lot of pressure on Bassett. And then it moves everybody up, Gordon. And listen, uh, Carrasco. You know. If, if we're playing password, right, and you want me to say Cy Young, don't give me Carrasco. <laughs> don't give me that name. I'm not coming up with Cy Young. And, and I understand that nobody has a tremendous pitching staff when you go three, four, five deep. Okay, I get that. But just for me, it's just not knowing what's going on with DeGrom. It just There's a question mark now about will the rest of that rotation be able to step up and hold the fort until we figure out what's going on with him. Well, look, that, that is a major concern. I'd be very, if I were a Met fan, and just as a baseball fan who enjoys watching the stars of the game compete, you have to be very worried. For him to all of a sudden have this pop up after basically throwing 50 pitches in spring training, and now all of a sudden he shut down for at least, a, it looks like, a month before mm-hmm. they even have an idea of what the course of action is going to be, very concerning. And and if you ask me, is there a you know 50-50 chance that Jacob DeGrom doesn't pitch it all this season? I'd probably say, yeah, there is at least a 50-50 chance that he's yeah. going to – I mean, after having all that time off last year, coming mm-hmm. back and getting hurt immediately, it, it's very troubling. But I think that the other parts of the team, I think they're a better – and, and clearly a more talented team than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to kind of hang in there for a while, even without DeGrom. Yeah. And I think that they have a major upgrade at manager too. Yeah, you know, I agree. with no no um, no insult to Rojas last year, but I think Buck Showalter, he's a guy. Again, this is a, as you said, a win now team with a win now manager. You still have, I'm assuming that Scherzer is going to be healthy. You still have an ace at the top of the rotation, so there's no reason why the Mets are not able to hold the fort at least until you get some clarification on what Degrom's status is going to be. Yeah, and and that's the key thing, right? Is is to try to just 
get off to as good a start as you can. And I'm, I'm, it's going to be interesting for me to see how this bullpen works out, Gordon, because, you know, you'll probably go to the bullpen with the quickened and shortened spring training. And Walker was talking about that, that he had some, you know, some work done in the offseason on his knee. And he was just throwing all arm because he didn't really want to put a lot of pressure on the knee with the with the short turnaround as far as uh, spring training was concerned. And now he ends up hurting the knee anyway. So it's it, it's it's little things of that nature that, you know, hopefully because of the long season, all these things work out, right? For me, I've always been from the mindset, if you got to have your injuries, have them early. Because then once you get the season going and, and you, you kind of get into a rhythm and you hit july the dog days and you start to come out of that going into the fall you really want to have your your lineup rolling your rotation rolling and and if you're going to have the injuries have them early because you have a chance to bounce back and everybody doesn't start off great right everybody doesn't start off with a house of fire so as long as you can stay close then you can find a way to catch up or even pass yeah and perfect example last year was atlanta Right for for how much of the season last year were we talking? I said, well, look, Atlanta, they're not they've never been over 500 at any point. And then they got to 500 and they kept going. So uh, I look at this Mets team as a team that should easily win around 90 games. Mm -hmm. And considering the division that you're in, I don't think Washington's going to be very good. Mm -mm. I don't think Miami's going to be very good. Mm -mm. Philadelphia, I have doubts about them as well. So I I think it's, it's a race between the Mets and Braves. That, yeah. that I think we can all kind of agree on. Going into the season, even without DeGrom, the Mets should be able to compete against the Braves uh, atop the division. Yeah, I agree with that. And the thing with Philly, I think that's going to hurt them, Gordon, is the same thing. It's bullpen and defense. That, that's, that's just the same thing. They might and have the most atrocious defense there is. They might. They might. Their defense is really bad. And it's, it's kind of surprising. Uh, because they haven't done anything to address it. No. <laughs> the defense was bad last year, too. Yeah. It's weird. It's bad again this year, too. Look at that, yeah. huh? Amazing. They're consistent. Yeah. If they're anything, but they're consistent. And the bullpen is kind of surprising because, as you well know, Gordon, the one thing about Joe Girardi, he'd find a way to get a bullpen going. I mean, he would find some guys. You bring them up from the minor leagues. He he could build a bullpen. That was one of his strengths when he was captain captaining the Yankees. Uh, but he has not been able to do that down in Philly, even though their starting rotation is not that bad. It's not that bad, and they're going to they're going to score a ton of runs. Uh, they they're going to hammer you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the little things, right? You have to be able to get outs out of that bullpen. Uh, there's so many games that that come down to those bullpens. And Zach Wheeler, I don't know what the status of him and his shoulder is, so that would mm-hmm. kind of concern me there as well. So and uh, and is it Jerry's familiar down there now? Yeah, he is. Yeah, so there, that's a plus for you, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm you glad got he's some not here. Anywhere but here. Anywhere yeah, but here, right. Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere but here, and I'm happy. What you doing? Let's go to the phone. Roscoe's in Brooklyn. Roscoe, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Roscoe? Roscoe! I guess he left. Yeah, right, we'll, we'll come back. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. Uh, two Met points and a Yankee point. First on the Mets. Larry, remember a couple of years ago when the, when the Mets signed Batanzas and I told you he's, he's not healthy mm-hmm. and he's not the Batanzas you think you'd be getting, and yeah. you said, well, the Mets wouldn't sign a person if he wasn't 100% healthy. Um. I think the same rule applies to 
Rodriguez, the left-handed, they got in, in, in the Jolie. Castro trade. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's healthy. He had problems last year with a pinch neck, nerve in the neck. He had it this year. Um, he may be able to pitch some, but I don't think he's the pitcher you think you're getting. Um, so that's my first comment, and I have two more comments. All right, so this is Rodriguez from the Yankees? Well, no, yeah, he, he, the he was played to the Mets for Castro. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I hope you're wrong, Bruce, <laughs> obviously. Uh, I know that they want to use him as a lefty, you know, lefty specialist. Uh, hopefully, he if he's not healthy, he can get healthy, but I'm, I'm hoping you're wrong. But, uh, listen, Castro had some issues last year with the Mets, and it was funny because I heard in one of the – one of the spring training games, uh, Keith Hernandez was saying that, that Castro was told to go with his off-speed stuff instead of his fastball. And Hernandez said, I was wondering, like, why they would even tell him to do that. So Yeah, when he throws 98 miles an hour. Yeah, so as he, he if, if he's able to, to do, uh, have have the velocity he had with the fastball last year, Bruce, uh, Yankees got a pretty good right-hander out of that bullpen. All right, second point. You know, I saw the comments by DeGrom saying, I'm a 100% competitive person, and I'm totally competitive, and I can't slack off not one little bit. So are you telling me Bob Gibson wasn't competitive? Cause, or Tom Seaver? Because they knew he didn't have to throw 100 miles an hour on every pitch. They knew to have a, you know, have a good fastball during the game, and then when you needed it, go get the, the extra hard stuff when you needed it. So isn't there somebody in the Mets who can tell that to DeGrom? <laughs> well, yeah, you you would hope so. But the good thing this year, Bruce, is he wasn't throwing 101 the first day, but the 98 still bothered him. And I just think that he is he wants to show people that he, and once again, because of the fact that he is still you know trying to get his, his extension, he wants the fact to prove that he's still a great pitcher. And... Listen, we know, we believe you're still a great pitcher, Jacob DeGrom, but you got to be able to, to stay healthy and you got to be able to do it on the mound. And over the past year or two years, you haven't been able to do it. And that's a concern, Gordon. It's a major concern. Yeah, no, I mean, clearly. Uh, that's. The, I mean, if you were coming up with a list of the things that you were going to worry about with the Mets, the number one thing would keep be keep Jacob DeGrom healthy. And we didn't get really, what, two weeks of uh, being able to do that. No, we did not. We did not. So – uh, you know, hopefully he'll be able to uh, come back and, and we'll find out and have a little bit, some peace of mind, Gordon, as to what he's going to have. But you know what? And you know this well. This is going to be a season where every outing that he's there, you're going to worry, will he make his next start? Uh, I, 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 at this point, I'd be worried, is he going to make the next inning? I, I'll be honest yeah. with you, with the amount of times last year that it seemed like, okay, he's back, he's back from the DL and he didn't last very long. And then the amount, I mean, the amount of time he had off, he has not pitched since July. And then he gets on a mound. And then all of a sudden he gets, has to get shut down for another month. Mm-hmm. It's almost like putting the milk in the fridge and hoping it's going to be fresh the next time you bring it out. It, yeah. it just, we, we already gave you a, a ton of this prescription and it has not been effective, but now we think it's going to be effective. I, I'd, yeah. I'd be very skeptical. Well, I'm concerned. Um, there's no question about it. I'm intrigued, though, by what start we're going to see from Francisco Lindor, Gordon. Uh, you know, last year was not a good year for him. 
lot of issues, uh, you know, including whatever he and uh, Jeff McNeil were thought they saw in the Met clubhouse <laughs> dugout that they yeah. were chasing <laughs> when it was really each other. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that he can get off to a, a, a pretty good start offensively. His defense has never been in question. He's a tremendous shortstop. Uh, he's one of the best in the business. But for me, it's going to be what does he do offensively? Is he going to be able to carry his weight offensively? Because Gordon, I think he's very mindful of that contract. He's very mindful that he is really one of the faces of this team, along with uh, DeGrom and Scherzer from the offensive standpoint, along with Pete Alonso, He's one of the faces of this team. He's one of the leaders of this team. And he did not have a good year last year. And he's he's done well early in, in spring training, now that it's ended. And you know how I feel about it. Okay, people work on different things. You're working on different swings. You're doing all kinds of stuff. He, I think it's imperative for him to get off to a really good offensive start. It's going to help the lineup, and it's going to help him. Yeah, and it's amazing how he has just kind of flown under the radar, right? Mm -hmm. You talk about the Mets, you talk about DeGrom, you talk about Scherzer, you talk about Steve Cohen, you talk about Buck Showalter, you talked about Pete Alonzo earlier in the spring with the whole thing with the truck and everything else and all the additions, and he just kind of floated under the radar. So uh, maybe the pressure is off. You know, he had a lot of things happen in a short period of time last year between going to the Mets, signing the contract, new team, bad, you know, got off to a bad start. So, yeah, this year it has to be – night and day difference and there's no reason why he should not feel comfortable at this point the the kind of the pressure is off him you know anytime you, you go to a new team and you sign that kind of contract there's going to be tremendous pressure but it does kind of feel like he's floating under the radar this year so hopefully that's a sign that he can get off to a good start and be the player that you thought you were getting I'm also very curious to see how often uh, Dom Smith is going to be able to get into the lineup and understand this Gordon I'm very I am at ease because of who the manager is and because I know what he does. I, I covered him. I've watched him. He He's a professional guy. He He's the guy, Gordon, that's going to say, okay, I see what the analytics say, but you know what? I saw Dom Smith hitting in the batting cage. I think I'm going to start him today. You know, he's that kind of manager for me. And I'm curious to see if he's going to kind of be what, what LeMahieu is for the Yankees, right? Where he's going to be spotted in the lineup a couple of places. Yeah, you can, especially with the DH, right? That, that that flexibility. Yeah, you can put him in first base and put Alonzo with the DH. Yeah, you can put him in the outfield to give uh, kind of a day off if you have to. Uh, or Nimmo, whoever's playing left Marte. I mean, Marte's been in right field a lot too in, in, in spring training. But, you know, you you're, you could, you like his bat in the lineup a little bit. And so if you're able to, uh, you know, sprinkle him in, I think that's going to help him, and I think that helps you know, with the flexibility of the team and give some guys some rest. And I'm glad he wasn't traded because I don't know that I would have made that trade. The one with the Padres? Yeah, yeah I, the one I with the Padres. I, yeah. I, I didn't like that one either, to be quite yeah. honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a struggle for him to get at bats. I mean, you got it, – it seems like you got a ton of hitters, and it's just mm -hmm. about where they all kind of fit, uh, you know, between McNeil, who has to kind of have a bounce-back season, Cano's yeah. back here. Uh, where does he fit in in this lineup? Seems like he's going to be the DH on a regular basis, but could play some first base maybe. Dom can play some first base. Dom can mm -hmm. play some outfield. So, you know, if you can get his bat in the lineup three, four days a week, I think that that's about the best you can kind of hope for with all the other, you know, there's not a whole lot of room at the end. No, no, it isn't. It's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> it, it's really weird that 
even though you have the DH. Because what were we crying for last year? Boy, if we had the DH, we could yeah. Dom Smith could be able to play. You could put Alonzo at the DH. You could have Dom Smith play at first base because he's a little better defensively than Alonzo is. And now you're in the situation where you have the universal DH and you still can't find a place for him because, obviously, as you mentioned, Robinson Cano is back on this team. And he, right now, I mean, obviously he's going to play some second. But, you know, if he plays second, then what do you do with McNeil? And then if McNeil plays third, then what are you doing uh, with Escobar? Where's Escobar playing? You know, so, yes, you have flexibility. But, listen, that's what Showalter's job is going to be is to try to get everybody at bats and keep them fresh and keep them healthy and keep them productive. And it doesn't really speak to what the team and organization really feels about Dom Smith long term that they went out and made all these moves, right? No, like, it doesn't. Uh, it, it's, it's not exactly. I mean, it might not be that they went out and made these moves because of how they feel about Dom Smith, but their feelings about Dom Smith does not prevent them from making any of these moves. Right, exactly. And listen, he still may be a very integral part because depending on what goes on with the Grom, they may have to make a move for a starter, Gordon. Oh, absolutely. You know, and he's very, gonna, there's a very good chance of that. And he's he's obviously going to be a package. He's obviously going to be part of that package. I mean, if he was part of the package in the, in a the deal that you really didn't want to make and happy that they didn't with the Padres, you know that he's the guy that they are ready to shop. And he's won it. Yeah. Well, I, I think he still has some value. Um, you know, the fact that he was able to play the outfield a little bit last year has to help that situation. He's not a great defensive first baseman, but, mm-hmm. he, you know, he can kind of hold it down there. So... Um, yeah, I would think he has some value, but now that you get into the season, unless you get a situation with maybe the A's, it seems like it'll probably be a little while before there's somebody who's going to become available that would be worth making that kind of deal for. So, you know, maybe you get through the first month, you find out what's going on with DeGrom, and then maybe Don Smith should have his bags packed. Yeah, well, uh, he he should uh... – probably start putting things in boxes just in case right <laughs> uh, but it. yeah baseball's weird sometimes it these is. things you kind of think this is going to happen that's going to happen and then all of a sudden there's an injury and that opens up the door and then you get a pleasant surprise with somebody coming through like dom smith could yeah you're right about that now nathan Ivaldi is starting for the red sox gordon and why is it that he still why couldn't he pitch this way for the yankees i mean he he was always hurt with the yankees every time you turn around he's facing the yankees with the red sox yeah, um, he's always been a guy that had an electric arm, mm-hmm. and a lot of teams took chances on him. The Yankees were one of them, and, and he, pit, he didn't pitch terribly for the Yankees, but he has certainly um, found a different level with the Red Sox, especially against the Yankees. <laughs> it yeah, seems like every time he pitches against the Yankees, he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, concern? Any concerns with your rotation? <laughs> of course. There's nothing but concerns. I, I mean, really starting at the top. Starting yeah. with, with what Garrett Cole am I getting? Yeah. Because there was a time last year where he was about as close to automatic as you could get. I mean, I was talking – I thought he was the most dominant Yankee starting pitcher that they have had since Ron Guidry at one point. Wow. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a long period of time. Yeah. But then all of a sudden the, the spider tack issues came up, and he still had good outings, but he also had a, more, a lot more blips, and then he got hurt at the end of the year, and I just don't think he was right. I think that that was more of the issue at the end of the season than maybe the spider tack. I hope mm-hmm. so, because if, if the spider tack is going to be that dramatic of a difference, the Yankees got a problem because <laughs> uh, this guy yeah. is signed until kingdom come. Yeah, you might have to get a refund <laughs> Yeah, if that's the case. Yeah, I hope Brian Cashman still has the receipt. Who do I take this receipt to? Where's, <laughs> where's customer service here? This is not what I bought. 
We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Hardly Larry, gamer till midnight. I don't know what's going on with Twitter, but yeah. every now, from now on, it's always like my trending topics are not really trending. It's just that they know what I'm interested in, so they just uh-huh. put things up. Uh-huh. Like so what? for the last three days, for some reason, Brett Gardner has been trending. <laughs> and every time I see it, I'm just like, oh, my God, they brought him back. They did it. They did it again. But, no, it's just people randomly talking about Brett Gardner, but they just put that up in my feed. They're just trying to stir the, the pot, Larry. Stupid Twitter. They know, how, they know how much you miss him. Right, yes. <laughs> well, guys, did you see who the Yankees brought back today? This is a oh, good Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, Greg Bird, sure. Yeah, who would have had you know, the, the Yankees bringing back Greg Bird before Brett Gardner? That was, uh, the Vegas odds were good for that one. They're, they're, wow. They're, they're just floating that out there to draw your attention away. And while that's out there and your attention is drawn away, Brett Gardner is going to sneak in the side door. Yeah. he'll be. You know when he'll come in tomorrow. Tomorrow, right before opening day. Hey, Brett Gardner's back. I think they get a win on opening day, and then they just do that move just to – everybody's in good spirits. Everybody's feeling good. And I got to be honest, I've been looking more and more forward to the baseball and just reading things and looking at things. I am starting to feel a little bit more optimistic about the Yankee season than I've been. Why? And we'll get to the March movie Mayhem in a second. Why? What, what I don't know. You, you know, like there's, there's certain – projection models that I look at and I trust mm-hmm. like Pakoda is one of them that uh, the baseball re- uh, that, um, um, that, that that's out there I can't remember the name I can't remember the, the oh geez I'm blanking on the name of the um, publication that uses Pakoda as their their module to mm-hmm. kind of uh, predict the baseball season they have the Yankees winning the division you know maybe that the uh, yes, baseball perspectives, that's right. Um, they're the ones that use Pakoda. And I usually trust them. They're usually pretty accurate. And, you know, sometimes the disappointment of the offseason just kind of rubs you wrong and you kind of, yeah. you know, take a little step back and, and be able to see the forest from the trees. So, so maybe some of the things that I have already designed that will be failures and already have, have written them off, maybe not all of them will be. So spring hopes eternal. So let's hope mm-hmm. that the Yankees can get off to a halfway decent start. I think. If you here's what needs to happen for you guys. If you can get Torres, the Mayhew, to come back to play just normal, not fantastic years, just regular seasons, I think that would do wonders for you. Uh, if and and if Hicks can be healthy, now I don't know what he's going to produce, <laughs> okay? Because his production is up and down, but if he can be healthy. Okay, that that's that's a world of difference for you right there, and because uh, I think Judge is going to be Judge. Stanton looks even in spring training. Gordon Stanton looks very comfortable playing the field and and hitting it bad. I mean this this could be the biggest this could be the biggest acquisition that you have coming from last year is the fact that he's so comfortable in the outfield. Yeah, well he's going to have to be because I think it, right now he's probably the backup center fielder. Yeah, well, well Judge, I would think. Yeah, Judge. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Who, mm-hmm. you, who, no, I was talking about them? Stanton. Oh, Stanton. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. look, I mean, last year when he started playing the outfield, he was he was a much better player. So hopefully this year there should not be any long ramping up like there mm-hmm. was last year, and he can get out there and play the outfield on a regular basis and be the yep. player. Look, the last of the Yankees' concerns are about the production of Stanton and Judge. It's just Absolutely. about whether or not they're healthy. If I gave you four guys, which of these four guys are you the least confident will have a good year on the Yankees? 
Torres, Hicks, LeMahieu, Gallo. Gallo. Bang, a bingo right there with you, Larry. <laughs> right there with you. Gallo. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I was trying to slip him in there under the – I was no. trying to pull a Brett Gardner on you, slip him in there on the side door. You sniffed nope. it out. No, nope. Gallo. Yeah. It's not even the question. It's not. And you know what? He's going to tease you too, and that's going to make you so frustrating. He's going to go through, a, go through a couple of games where he'll put some really good games together. We'll only have multiple hits, and he'll hit the ball out of the ballpark, and he'll walk. He won't strike out. He'll make contact. And you're like – Oh man, maybe, maybe, maybe this is maybe this is it, and then he'll go back into he'll go back into what he does, which is strike out, strike out, strike out, not make contact. You're just so frustrated with him, and uh, you know. And to be honest, for a couple of games, Gordon, his his defense wasn't as good as it had been previously either. No, it had not. He he's usually a pretty he's an athletic guy. Uh, it's not, you know, he's got some speed. He has some ability to play the field. So. He's been a gold glove in the past, and that was not the case last year. Last year was just a complete disaster. From the moment he got to the Yankees, it was really just a disaster. His numbers last year, I just pulled them up, 160, a 303 on base, and a slugging of 400. Oh. Whew. That is. 160. 160. Oh. He was hitting 223 with the the Rangers. That was like a career high, basically. That was his second highest batting average of his career. Well, I'll say this: You were consistent. You 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 weren't really happy he came here. You understood the lefty bat, but you yeah. weren't happy he came here. You weren't. The, Yankee, and I, the and Yankees get, have a type, Larry. The Yankees have do. a type. They Certain do. people have types in their lives. The Yankees yeah. have a type, and Joey Gallo is that type—a guy that's going to get on base. And what, look, when he gets on base at a normal clip, you know, when he's getting on base thirty-seven percent of the time and, and slugging close to five hundred, you can live with the strikeouts to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But when you get into the postseason and the pitching takes an upgrade, I think that he has kind of been exposed. Yeah. And I think you know what kind of hitter he's going to be. Like when the projection, like a good projection for him is like he might hit 220. Yeah. 220 is, is high. Might be even lower than that. 220 is like 280 for other his, his His career <laughs> batting average in seven seasons is 206. That's Rob Deere would have been in the Hall of Fame if that were the if, if that were the barometer. I mean, heck, Degrom hits better than that. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. crazy. That's crazy. And it's not. Yeah. And it's not like he slugs crazy. You know, it's not like no. oh my gosh, he's going to slug six hundred. You know, he's a he's a nice player. He's got some skills. It's not just about the strikeouts, but last year he struck out two hundred and thirteen times. He, that, and that's... And, and 500 at-bats. And less than 500 at-bats. That's almost half. Almost half right. is the strikeouts. Yeah, 213 times. And he didn't even walk like he normally does for you guys. Well, no, not for us, but in the walks. He led baseball in walks last year. But, yeah, with the Yankees, the, 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 the getting on base wasn't – I, I will give him the same pass as, a little bit to the same degree that I gave Lindor a bit of a pass. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. happened in a short period of time. Maybe there's right. an adjustment period. But this year, no excuse. No. No, he's got to produce. He's got to do better. And and listen, if you're not hitting, please play defense. I mean, that's the least you can do is live up to your defensive rating. I mean, you, you got like to do that. Yeah, you'd like to think. You have to be able to – when you're striking out that many times, you have to be able to provide value in other ways. So, yeah, the glove mm-hmm. is an important aspect of that. Yeah, there's no doubt. Greg Bird's back, huh? Maybe this time, Gordon. Maybe this time. I'll be honest with you. If the if we would have had that conversation about what guys I thought were going to click, 
I mean, I felt very confident that Greg Bird was going to be a, a pretty good Absolutely. major league player. I mean, he looked yeah. like a player. He, he, he came up right away. And then the injuries just started happening. Yeah. And it, it just never feels like he was ever able to get on track again. He got released by the Blue Jays now. So can't stay healthy. Just can't stay healthy. Can't stay Some healthy. Those guys just can't stay healthy. Um, and I think the other person I forgot to mention is Rizzo. You need Rizzo to have a, a good year. Not just, I mean, he's got to get, look, you love what he, what he brings you defensively. You do, but he needs to give you something with the stick. He does. With some power numbers at least. You can throw him in the pot of another guy that needs to have a bounce back year. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing is, Greg Bird couldn't make it. He hit 211. His career batting average is 211. It's higher than, than, than Gallo. It's unbelievable. His numbers really are not all that much different than Gallo. <laughs> I got to be honest. I mean, the slugging, the slugging uh, in his last year with the Yankees. I mean, he, he just can't stay healthy is the problem. Yeah, that's the issue. He just can't stay healthy. Well, you know, listen. Second time around's a charm, Gordon. Never know. Second time around's a charm. He he's learned how to do it now. He just wanted to get back with the Yankees. That's what he wanted. He wanted to show what he can bring to the table. He wanted to. But uh, last thing before we go to break, guys. Gordon, have have you seen Miguel Castro shaved shaved yet? I no, I have not. It can't I, be any weirder than um, than Ruggie Odor last year. Ruggie Odor was... had a specific look, and it did not really mesh with the Yankees well. He looked. <laughs> he, did not. he looked like the Bat Boy. <laughs> he he. <laughs> You're right. There's a couple of other people that that he reminded me of. Uh-huh. But I value gonna leave our that, jobs. You're so going to leave I'll, that I'll, one I'll in the holster. Yeah, I got you. I, I, will, I, got, I don't I want to take you down a bad road. No, 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 no. But there's a rabbit hole. I was on my way down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, going before we get to the phones, let's do it. It's regions three and four of the Elite Eight of the March Movie Mayhem. Yes, Larry. March Movie Mayhem well into April for some reason. I don't know why we got so far behind, but we are. We're having so much fun. That's the problem. Last well, night. you know what it is, Gordon. It's very that? simple. Everybody else has five days. We have four. That's what it is. I think that is the problem. And mm-hmm. we didn't do some weak thing where it's like only 16 entries or only 12 <laughs> entries. We did the whole, th- all 64 oh, of them. That's it. All right. So we're down to the final four on the left side of the bracket. Mr. Miyagi. He pulled the, the little warming up of the hands on Pedro Serrano last night. So Miyagi. And Shooter McGavin are into the final four of the greatest sports heroes and villains. One hero, one villain. Who will we have tonight? Well, the first matchup, I think, Larry, whoever wins this matchup wins the whole thing. Wow. It is Region 3. The number one seed is... Hi, my name is Rocky Balboa, the Italian style. They say I'm the American dream. Wait a minute. I'd like to explain something. Uh, You know, I ain't punchy. I got what you call, like... I don't know, a relaxed brain, but I ain't punchy, you know. It's just the way I talk here. Smeal mainly rock? Can you read that from there? (laughs) Yes, of course, it is Rocky Balboa, the number one seed. He will take on the number two. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. It's Rocky. It's happy. Happy Gilmore, the number two seed. What a classic battle there. Two great sports heroes. That's Region 3. Region 4, also a matchup of number 1 versus number 2. That's not the only similarity because the number 1 seed in Region 4 is... The, the, the center has, has the ball first, and, and, and a quarterback will say hike. That's when the center puts the, the ball in, into the, the hands of, of the quarterback. So what I'll do is 
I, I start tackling the quarterback unless he get the ball to somebody else. In which case, I I try to tackle that person. Hmm. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point? Don't smoke crack. <laughs> One of the great lines of all time. That, of course, is Bobby Boucher, the water boy. He'll go up against someone who's probably smoked a little crack in his time, the number two seed, who is... Listen, sounds like a Harley. It's got to be him. Yes, that is the wild thing, Ricky Vaughn. So the one seed, Bobby Boucher versus Ricky Vaughn. The number one seed, Rocky versus the number two, Happy Gilmore. Larry, voting is now open. At Hardest the ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Get your votes in. Let's see if indeed The Rock can make it all the way through. Uh, Gordon, may put some shekels on this uh, bet here? I don't know that the the, the, the can we get a line? <laughs> the Adam Sandler contingent is very loyal, very strong. So we will see. Mm-hmm. It could very well be the right hand side of the bracket is Adam Sandler versus Adam Sandler. It's wow, up to the people, Larry. That yeah, would it's be up to the people. And you know what? Don't 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 count out Mr. Miyagi. He's still hanging in there. Oh, absolutely. He has run through. The, he might win the whole thing. Yeah. At which time we'll know for sure we made a mistake with this tournament. If Mr. Miyagi is the greatest hero or villain of all time, we have something has seriously gone wrong. Yeah, it's true. Once again, <laughs> at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Let's go back to the phones. Roscoe's back in Brooklyn. There he He's is. next on 98.7. Hey, Roscoe. Where's the energy from all the Met fans? Everybody's all right? Is Met Nation okay? Because I see, like, we're still bashing the Yanks. And I, I don't understand. Can, can we, like, just make it clear? Like, last year, when we traded for, for Joey Gallo and for Rizzo, it was like taking a turtle out of the pond. Hey, like, you're gone. Like, a, a lot of different transactions, a lot of different movements. And I get it. We could bash on him. Yeah, he struck out 250 times, whatever. Whatever you want to say, it's a new year. I think Cashman did pretty good, honestly. I just want the same energy from the Met fans because I've been crying about this for about eight months now where the Grom is hurt, and I can guarantee you, you guys are going to get the, the update in May or June that the Grom is shut down for the season. And then you got a 38-year-old pitcher that you gave a ton load of money who's already crying with his hamstring. So, Mets fans, I just want you guys to know that the Yankees are still there, guys, and just have a good night. That's all. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy, guys. But just keep that same energy. All right, Roscoe. Thanks all for right. checking in. Um, it listen. It doesn't sound happy. Doesn't no, it? he doesn't. He, does. he sounds a little, he sounds a little un, uneasy mm. uh, with what's going on. And listen, uh, as a Mets fan, I'm concerned about my pitching staff. There's no question about it. You're right about Scherzer. Uh, but once again, this is what you do when you have a win-now team. You you look at the, the moves they made. You know, listen, Marte's, what, 33? Canna's 33? Uh, you mentioned the age of, of, of uh, you know, Scherzer, uh, DeGrom with the injuries. But you rolled the dice because you realize that 
this is the opportunity right now for you to try to get this team going. And as you mentioned, Gordon, they were in it for a, most of the first half last year. Then the injuries, you know, got to them, bad play, other situations, DeGrom being out for the remainder of the year, once again, after July, and they just couldn't make up for it. Now, hopefully with the depth, you've got some hitting, uh, you know, if the back end of the rotation can hold on, the bullpen, you have a shot. You, this is a better Met team than they had last year, and that's all you can ask for as a fan. And, and look, the, the move to bring in Scherzer, ha, the, it's not hard to see what the downside, the possible downsides could be of that kind of move. It, 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 there is plenty of risk involved anytime you're signing a guy to a contract like that, never mind when he's 37 years old and, and couldn't finish the season last year because of a dead arm. But, you know, the Mets are, are trying to get back to a, a postseason spot. They're trying to get back into the playoffs, and they want to maximize this time with Jacob deGrom if they can. So it's not like it's hard to, to see that that Met move uh, of bringing Max Scherzer in here had very big downsides if it all went wrong. And unfortunately, with DeGrom going down, it makes you question whether or not it's the right move. But let's hope for their sake that they get him back. They have to get him back and keep him healthy. And if you are able to do that, I mean, the Mets have not finished in first place since 2015 they've not been to the playoffs since 2016 here they have the best pitcher in baseball they kind of have to maximize that when they have the chance so that's why they made the Scherzer move but it's not it's not like if it goes wrong we won't be like wow never saw there was any possibility that that could go wrong it was apparent when you made the move it was apparent and the other side of it Gordon is that's why they made the move because they weren't sure what the ground was going to be and you need to have another ace and, okay, you rolled the dice with him. As you mentioned, you know what the downside is. But if he can give you – if he's still got a couple of years left, you'll bite the it, – it's a, it's a money thing, okay? The guy's got the money, so he's rolling the dice. If, if he gives you two of the four years, Gordon, you'll take two of the four years if it means that you've got a chance at the World Series. You'll roll the oh, dice. Oh, absolutely. You'll roll uh, the I, dice. Absolutely. I, I think you would roll the dice if you had one shot. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Mets have not won a World Series since 1986. They don't grow on trees. You got to take a they chance do. when you got a shot. And and if if Degrom is healthy, that one two atop the rotation that would have a shot. No question. Eli's in Washingtonville. He's next on 98.7. What's up, E? <laughs> guys, the guy that guy Roscoe just called and say that Brian Cashman did good moves. Yeah, well, I think he was meaning like, more last year. He's talking about last year. No, no. I think that was, I think that was, a, that was a joke. It's not a joke. Uh, the Grom with no arm, he could pitch left-handed. And Scherzer could go out there with, like, no hamstring and be better than any number two starter of the New York Yankees. Like, who besides besides Cole, who do we got throw, uh, throwing pitches out there? Well, they, look, they, I mean, I, I don't think the Yankee pitching staff was not really the problem or the, the issue last year with the team. I they mean, they, you know, they have it, it's not the most star studded rotation in the world. But, you know, it, it would it be all that incredible if Jordan Montgomery took another step forward this year or or uh, Herman kind of came back and pitched well. I mean, I think they have some options there. Well, that, Herman is hurt. This guy uh, right, comes back and pitches well. That's what I said. Or Nestor Cortez. Yeah, but- Cortez was very good last year. He was great last year. Yeah, I mean, they, they, was pitching was not really their issue last year. It was hitting. Oh, that's true. That's true. It was hitting, but, and yeah, uh, hitting and defense. Yeah, hitting and defense. And, and, and you base know, running. Cashman did his part. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and, yeah, but Cashman, I'm telling you, the Yankees are going to suffer this year. I'm telling you, a lot. 
But Eli, you say that every single year. You have to be fair. You are you are completely biased one way. All right. Uh, yeah, that you're right. But listen, you have to be also fair that there's a lot of dead weight in the American League. And any decent team is going to give you 90 wins. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying there's and you're spending the money games. that the Yankees are spending, yeah, you should you should probably win at least 90, 90 games. Yeah, so it's a lot of dead weight. So that's – the cash. Look, Cashman needs to just go. That's it. And that's – and the Yankees need to go to the Devil Rays and say, you know what? Give me one of your guys from your front office. Give us the, co- and then give us the computer. The give us Hal 3000. Bring it that's up right. to the Bronx. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Eli. So, so Gordon, is it, fair to, is it fair to say that Eli is a verified Yankee hater? Oh, my God. he is, the, <laughs> and, and he considers himself a Yankee fan. You know, more than a Yankee hater, he is a verified Brian Cashman hater. Oh, my okay. God. Brian Cashman cut him off in traffic. Brian Cashman has ruined his life. I mean, it's amazing how Eli, he does not, he's not a Brian Cashman fan. You know, and, and, and the crazy thing is, he hates him so much. If, if the Yankees win the World Series this year, Larry, mm-hmm. and we're on whatever night that is, mm-hmm. and we're celebrating and Eli calls up, he'll, his, his take that night, I'll predict it right now, like answers with Aaron, mm-hmm. his take that night was, will be, they should have they should have done it sooner. Why, why haven't they won before now? That <laughs> will won, be his take. They won in spite of Brian. Right, exactly. <laughs> he really had nothing to do with it. He just got lucky. They won in spite of him. Exactly. But And, and Eli, to be fair, that American League East is not easy, my friend. That American League East, especially this year, is not easy. You look at Boston, Toronto. It's got who, Who's got a better offense than the Blue Jays? Okay, and now they've yeah. got some pitching. Okay, and, and Tampa is always good. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? That's not an easy division right now. It, it can go a lot of different ways. There's a lot of uncertainty this year. It's not, it's not like it was, you know, when it was back and, and it was just the Yankees and the Red mm-hmm. Sox. Uh, the Rays are always good. They always find ways. Doesn't matter who they lose. Doesn't matter who they trade away. They always find a way. I'm a little concerned about the Blue Jays pitching overall, but they're right. hitting. That's going to be. That's the hitting will, will help the and, pitching out. <laughs> and they will have a real advantage if all these guys are unvaccinated every time you go play the That's Blue right. Jays if they can't play. Yeah. Yep. Now that they're back in Toronto. You're right. You're right. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.